Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Brody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess... Is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage, live outrage. from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time for Mortgage Matter. All right, all right. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for being with us today. It's the last show of October. We got the. Uh... Oh, man. It's a special day today going to be the Jason and Jason show. It's not very confusing, is it? Just, uh... Won't get the name wrong. Won't get the name wrong, that's for sure. So Dan's getting a day off, which is nice and well-deserved. He's going to have a little Saturday morning to do what he wants, you know? He's watching soccer. That's what he's doing. Yeah, he's going to get to go see his boy play soccer. That's always an exciting time for a dad. Though they're at that little, that young age where they, they play herd ball. And I right. remember I remember myself as a father during the herd ball years. Get in there, boy. <laughs> oh, he really is a picking daisies. Doesn't want to, like, go get kicked. It's a tough age for sports <laughs> for kids. Yeah. A lot of them haven't really just found that killer instinct yet. <laughs> so there's a lot of just... Milling around. Running around the outside, looking somewhat interested, but mostly not. As long as they're having fun, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Yep. So well, your take on the World Series now? I'm sure you've been watching that. Oh, my goodness, have I been watching Is that. Is there baseball yes. right now? There's, yeah. base, there's baseball. Because <laughs> you get yeah. your Angels hat on there. Yeah. I don't know. But, man, how about that game yesterday? Game two was... One for the ages, I think. Mm-hmm. We can't yeah. soon forget game two. Yeah. Last night's game was exciting nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And hey, I I know we're in California here, but I just got to say, man, you last night know. the Astros simply outplayed the Dodgers. Yeah, they did. They did a better job. Pitching yeah. did a better job. Batting did a, And they even left like 14 people on base or something outrageous. Crazy. But yeah, it was fun. I just want to see it go to Game 7. Since my Angels aren't in there, I'm just looking for lots of baseball. Exciting yeah. series. Yeah, and we're about to go into that depressing time of year where there's no MLB on. Yeah. I was, I love baseball, so the, the non-baseball season's always a tough one for me. Yeah. What are we supposed to do with ourselves? It's Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did like the one I I saw it during the I liked it when they played the uh, God Bless America yesterday and everybody nobody took the knee everybody just kind of respected it you know what I'm saying strumming it on the get box the old Texan boy and he wasn't even that good of a singer either was he but it was, it was fun it was fun though yeah that is fun all right well we got an exciting two hour show today um, we can. We got things to talk about. There's loan stuff to talk about. There's some uh, exciting economic stuff to talk about. Um, what else? Oh, second hour, we're going to have some real estate agents on, so that's exciting. Yep. Ashley Bauer and uh, Shannon Bowdy. 
mm. from the, the Pismo Beach Homes team. That's exciting. Yeah, great realtors. They'll be super fun to have on the show. You met up with them yesterday to make sure you guys were on the same page. Yeah, we did. We did. Give them that list of the seven words you're not allowed to say on radio. Yeah, we went over that all list. All that stuff. Yeah, they were, they, I think they're good to go. Yeah. Good. They That'll didn't have exciting. that planned. They didn't have any of those words planned. It's been a long time since we, since I was a part of four people on Mortgage Matters, so I'm looking forward to that. You have to shuffle some chairs around. Probably going to be hard to get a word in. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> I think you'll figure it out, Jason. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yesterday I, I spent the afternoon with Jason with a few other folks, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to be involved in a charity golf tournament. Yep. Um, this was a, I guess it's kind of a, I don't want to say biannual. What do you say? What do you call something that goes two times a year? I, I would go with that. Is that think, biannual? You're not going to get marked wrong on that. No, okay. I feel good. like biannual is every other year. Maybe that's semi-annual. No. Whatever. Charity event that happens a couple times a year. There you go. Um, and boy, we had a good time, didn't we? Yeah, it was fun. It was really fun to get out and play a little golf up on the Mesa. Mm-hmm. Um, Grateful Golfers series, Lance yeah. calls it. My buddy Lance puts that on, Lance Jubelt. And you notice when we drove into, so it was at Monarch Dunes. Yep. And when we drove in there, that um, the community up there, where there was a detour. Uh-huh. And I'm, <laughs> I saw they were doing a little bit of like slurry in the road or something. However, I really felt like they took us on a home tour. They really did. They we had- were noting on the way in, there was like 11 homes for sale. And the detour signs took you by every one of them. That's <laughs> yeah. smart. That's good marketing. Yeah. You know, that's good marketing. If only you could do that for yourself. Just grab grab some cones, a couple detour signs. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> Marsh is closed. <laughs> right, right into our parking lot. You're coming right by the open house right there. Look at that. <laughs> Man, I was kind of surprised how many houses there were for sale up there. Um I mean, maybe not. Maybe that's a normal amount of inventory or something, but... Is that the leftovers that didn't sell over the summer and they're still hanging on trying to see if they can sell before they take it off the market? How's that work up there? I don't know, you know? I, I definitely... So that that community, and you know, I'm sure there's a whole mix of people that live there, but that community up on the Mesa the, with the homes that are like stacked in on the golf mm-hmm. course and Trilogy and stuff, I think I've helped a lot of people buy houses in there. And they um, so far have been a similar demographic, mm-hmm. like empty nesters mm-hmm. heading for the Central Coast's version of a, a retirement community, you know, mm-hmm. have the be around other retirees, have like the clubhouse and the golf course and the, you know, I'm sure they have bridge night and ugly sweater Christmas party and thing like that. But um, so that's been all the people that I've seen go up there. And so um, you had a run in. I just did, I didn't want to cut you off, but I don't want us to skip the run in that you had with one of these guys on the golf course. That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> with who? With who? Well, I can't remember what hole it was, but uh, you, you struck the ball well. You struck the ball well. It flew the green. And there it, is this poor man. <laughs> there is this poor man and his poor wife. And it was so funny. Yeah, I hit a golf ball just a little. I haven't golfed in like 11 months or something. It was just a little long. It was a little long. It was a pitching wedge. What are you going to do? And you live on, a, your, yes. A little long. Yep. 
And this guy had a, a house that backed right on up to the edge of the hill behind the green. Making you feel like this, what just happened, couldn't be like outside of the norm. This is this has to be a regular event. So I hit my ball to about the property line of he and his neighbor's house right at about the front edge, too. So as you could imagine, this is like where the property lines that they sh- the line they share in the and the this golf course side intersect. And I know better. Th- I've been golfing long enough. I know better than to go trampsing through somebody's yard. You, do, you were not doing that. Just if we had a visual of that, you were very respectful. No, I of came right up where to the edge, we were. and yes, I really wanted definitely. to do was just see right. it. If it was an arm's reach inside, right. I probably would grab it. It's right. a four dollar ball. You know, I'm gonna tell you, this is a Pro V one up there. <laughs> but as soon as we all hit, I knew I, used, I was I close. Use range balls. So I see this guy milling around in that general area. And so I thought, oh, so that's one of those guys that um, that hears a ball and then hustles out and grabs it because then they sell them on Craigslist, you know? <laughs> you, you ever go on Craigslist and see all the golf Allegedly. ball? Thing? That's what I'm thinking. Okay. But so anyhow, I go up there and he's, I can tell he's like policing my move. If I step into his property, he's ready. Mm-hmm. And I know better, you know, I'm, I'm a polite guy, so I'm just looking around, looking, you know, looking the neighbor's kind of area a little bit back towards his, still standing firmly in the golf course side of the property. And one of the, uh, one of the guys we were playing with hustles up there and goes, oh, I was like right here and steps over the property line oh, by about a half a foot. Red alert. So we hear bang, bang, bang. And right from the picture glass window, 10 feet away, his wife, she, I mean, his foot no sooner touched the soil, she alarmed. He scurries across and starts shouting. Um, and I couldn't help but believe these <laughs> poor people spend their entire day. They bought a home on the golf course and they spend their entire day fighting off anybody trying yeah. to retrieve their golf ball she was angry in that picture window she was angry it yeah, reminded they, me of they a zoo happy. animal that was not happy and <laughs> pounding on the glass like trying to get your attention it was not yeah. pretty and that is one of those things you buy a house on a golf yeah. course yeah right. <laughs> yeah, makes me think Bottom of those house. shared spaces, right? Bottom like there's course. that there's that line where yes, uh, there's a defined line, but there's a space yeah. there where it's like okay, you can come up and look, yeah, and that should be okay. I feel like I feel like we run into that. I ran into that on appraisal this week. Yeah, where there's a, a a private road. Ooh, right. And so now Let's we've got this. That. We've got this shared space uh-huh. that you're sharing with the other neighbors on this private road, and apparently there needs to be some type of an agreement. Like if something needs to be completed on the road, some maintenance, there needs to be some kind of a maintenance agreement in place. So everyone's on the same page when this particular event comes up. So when you're going into purchasing a home that has neighbors currently who want some maintenance done on the road, but you're moving in saying, hey, I'm cool with the road. It's fine for right me. Now. I have a truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry your Mercedes is like right. scraping a little bit. I, I don't care. Right. So waiting on the bid on that, but I just thought it was interesting that you move into these sort of preconceived ideas of about what's going to happen and the costs that are going to be incurred. Right. And maybe you don't want to participate in that. You, yeah. You've had some experience with that. You've seen that come up. Yeah, I have. Um, it comes, there are certain loans to, like a, the v, <clears throat> VA home loan, for example, requires a recorded um, joint road maintenance agreement. Mm-hmm. 
And so we would actually need to get a copy of it and see what those terms are. But yeah, talking about the road just a little bit in general, um, the Subdivision Map Act back in whenever that happened. Um, You're so good. You're so good that you billions that. of years ago. Well, this was a this was a map act that basically came out and said that you couldn't have antiquated subdivisions, and um, you know, depending on how far you want to go back, you know, some of the great surveyors of the country, which ironically later had great wealth, were a couple of our presidents and some of their good friends when you know it. Hmm. But the order came along to be able to break up and document the the parcels that existed out in the United States. So that's where some of these guys got out going and came up with I'll property take, lines, I'll right? I'll take this spot here. Yeah. Oh, well, and it also was funny. It was like, <laughs> right. actually, it's like, well, that one's already mine. So mm -hmm. I'll need the deed for that. And turns mm -hmm. out these are all the ones around it. I think there was a lot of that that went I'll down. I'll collect all the information. Okay, I got all the information. These are mine here. This one was already mine. Yeah. I just, luckily, I surveyed my own little mm -hmm. area. So mm -hmm. thanks. Just to make it easy. Uh, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> but anyway, part of the Subdivision Map Act, what they're really concerned with is no antiquated subdivisions. So in other words, if you're buying property that maybe you haven't really ever seen before, mm -hmm. um, we don't want you to be landlocked by other parcels of land. Right. So you got to have ingress, egress to the property. And in some cases, that happens um, it's not necessary, right? If it's a city or a county maintained road or or mm -hmm. area where um, you know we're kind of used to the block setup, aren't we? Yep. These ones front this street, these ones front this street. We share a back property line. You don't need ingress egress through my property because mm -hmm. you have it on the frontage, right? Mm -hmm. Well, think about those lots where there's like three of them. So that guy in the middle, he doesn't have a natural road to go to. Mm -hmm. He's going to end up with an easement to one of, through one of the other properties out to the thoroughfare. That's fine. Just um, an agreed upon space where he can yeah, access. Yeah, and willingly. so we see those recorded right. against properties, and sure. so that's usually how a private road comes up. Other times, it's not. You know, it could just be shared roads. Sometimes subdivisions happen that way. Okay, well, everybody's going to get in their lot, and then this is the road that's going to go in. It's not a city or county maintained road. You guys are responsible for the ownership of it on your own. We see that a lot around here. Where's that property that you're working on? Um, just right down here in the wine country here outside of San Luis. Yeah, so same thing, right? Kind of it feels rural-ish. Is yes. it county or is it city land? It's county. Yeah, so it is. It's on the outskirts. It's yep. bigger parcel stuff. It's left open. Rural, rural residential. Yeah, and so in the lending world, like I said, different programs have different requirements. But here's a baseline um, for everybody. Here's what you could usually expect. <clears throat> if we're going to make a loan on a property, we want to know that there's legal access to it and that there's an all-weather road so that... Um, around here, that means basically something, if it's dirt, it better be pretty hard dirt and, um, ideally some crushed gravel in it. So it could hold up to a rainstorm without us mm -hmm. sinking in the mud. Um, and so we see those as even public roads could be unmaintained or dirt roads. As long as they're all weather, that's all good. The rub comes, and this is what you and I were talking about this week a little bit. If there's a, you and I own a road together mm -hmm. and man, we're the best of friends. Mm -hmm. We went to high school together. We do, we do good everything times. together. Those are good times. I help you build your chicken coop and 
you know, your your daughter got married on my property and we're just we're the best of friends and having this road together is no big deal. Well, then the other neighbor that we share the road with, he's different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tired of the dust in the house and really thinks it's high time. I mean, it's 2017, Jason and Jason. Let's put blacktop in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And you're like, blacktop? That 400 yards of blacktop's like 26 grand. Mm-hmm. Feeling all right about the the gravel road. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all weather road after Been all. In there looks pretty good. It's worked just fine. When we get a pothole, we go down and we grab some more rock and we fill up the hole. It's working for us. Mm-hmm. The new guy wants asphalt. Now what? You know, those those are issues. And so that's really what the bank is interested in. At the end of the day, is um, what's going to happen. And am I going to get outvoted? <laughs> Imagine that. I make a loan to your third neighbor, mm-hmm. and then he goes, you know, has some catastrophic issue, and now we have to foreclose on him, and now I'm the bank owner, and I own this home. Mm-hmm. So, okay, now meet my neighbors, the mm-hmm. guys I share the road with, mm-hmm. and you guys are like, man, are we glad you showed up. We need <laughs> asphalt. <laughs> And you got now you got a, somebody to pin a third of it on. You just got a coupon, right? So the bank doesn't want to be put into that position. Sure. So really what we want then for most loan programs is to know that there's an agreement in place. It doesn't necessarily have to be recorded for a lot of the programs, but notarized, sure. You'd like to record it because then if anybody sells their property, the person that's buying it is definitely aware that there are terms in of this road and its maintenance requirement um, and or if there's any fees or reserves or whatever, if we've created a fund, this agreement would help everybody understand that. So moving into a purchase where one of those three parties is exiting and you're the new buyer coming in and that maintenance agreement is recorded, then essentially you're required to follow everything. You're going to accept it. Yeah, okay. it goes with the you property. Have to, right? Okay. Yeah, it goes with the property. Like else. Right. And you know, and there's a way to get it unrecorded. Mm-hmm. If if it were something where the the owners of the people that were affected by it came together and said, "Hey, you know what? This agreement is outdated mm-hmm. and it wasn't us that put it all together." Mm-hmm. You know, maybe all three of us now sort of inherited it and we believe there's a better way to do it. We could we could come together and decide to redo it, redo the terms of it. Um, so there's there's ways that it works, but the idea is that yeah, with that new buyer, it's gonna it's gonna lay the framework for what it is we're doing, what's expected of us, what and, happens when we disagree. And my one my experience is a lot of these public roads that you know should have this agreement in place just don't have it. They don't. And so we, so now we had a really nasty deal a few years back where it was a VA transaction and um kind of a worst case scenario is that there's a grumpy neighbor mm-hmm. and then there was a happy neighbor and then there was a new buyer. And our new buyer was using a VA loan and the road was a private road. And so the VA requires a recorded joint road maintenance agreement. And the other people, they were like, wait a minute, the the grumpy guy. I didn't like the old neighbor. Mm-hmm. I don't like you. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want anything to do with any of you guys, and it's not my problem that you're buying it and got some requirement. I'll use the road like I've always used the road, yeah. and you go keep to yourself. Quit bugging me. Hmm. Wow, bud, we need help. <laughs> yeah. yeah, You know? And ultimately, after a lot of hard work, that guy was finally convinced to to be reasonable and sign a very basic road maintenance agreement. And the realtors helped with it all, too, because... Um, again, to the buyer, that's important to understand how you're going to access your property and what the responsibilities, especially in the case of a dispute over that maintenance, what it comes to. So what a in the weeds kind of a detail, you know, it's, it's always, it always makes me laugh when, uh, when folks assume that the, the process to buy a home is just simple and easy and black and white. And you got, you dive into these scenarios where even this is a great a great time for us to point out these are the kind of reasons why especially if you're a cash buyer and you're trying to do things without realtors so you don't have a lender over your shoulder saying oh you can't do that you got to do this Mm -hmm. Um, or a realtor saying hey we learned this and so we've got to do that sure Um, when you don't know what you don't know that's where things get a little bit trickier but um you know, on that, uh, on that appraisal that the appraiser marks, whether it's a public or private road. Yep. And that usually is what triggers the, if thens. okay, mm-hmm. if it's a public, if it's a private road, then, you know, we need to understand who maintains it. What's the plan and what's the agreement. Right. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, those things, like you said, getting in the weeds on it, mm-hmm. boy, you can get in the weeds pretty quick there. And, um, it's not, it's not uncommon, um, and we see it a lot in parts of the, the rural county here. It's surprising. Sometimes you even see a road that does. It's like a blacktop normal road. You would never believe you were driving on a private road. Mm-hmm. And then there you are. You're right back in it. So it's not even just that it's triggered by a dirt road. It can be a very nice road that's owned by the property owners. And now you kind of need to understand what the implications of that are. And if you don't know that stuff and you are trying to get financing, to have that come up a week before you're ready to move in. That can that, be surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Surprising like, oh, well, we have to wait for contractors to come out. And that's just going to be another couple months. Right. Pretty quick. Pretty quick. Yeah. Well, that's not so quick when you're about to close a loan. So that's. It's not quick, especially what if I'm that neighbor? So let's say we don't have an agreement with any of us. We're just keeping it right. Just using it business as usual. And say I'm that neighbor that's been pushing for the blacktop and you other two are like, this guy's too much. Well, now somebody comes along and needs a maintenance agreement mm-hmm. recorded. And mm-hmm. that's my opportunity to be like, well, let's have a meeting about it. Because mm-hmm. I, th- I do think we need an agreement. <laughs> you know, Now I can make some exactions and try to see if I can finally get my way. So Lots of dynamics these aren't and scenarios, things yeah. you want to be learning about with a week to close us. <laughs> no. no, it can no. take some time to iron out. All right, you guys, it's time for the first commercial break of the show. So we're going to take a little time out to thank the sponsors. And when we get back, we have another half hour here on Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. 
Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's nothing like the euphoric feeling you get when you find the perfect home. The last thing you want is the embarrassment of discovering you don't qualify. It can actually cost you your deposit. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328358. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Last night when I drove through downtown slow, there was costume people out everywhere. Yeah, they're doing uh, the trunk or treat. Awesome. They're already getting ready. Hmm. What, because Halloween's on Tuesday, right? Yep. Already. Weird, huh? And then it's going to be full-blown like Thanksgiving Holiday season, Christmas. and there you go. Yeah. Right, right now. Mm. It's just all right now. Exactly. Hey, so yesterday when we were hanging out, Jason... You said the bond market's off by 31 basis points. Did you you meant mortgage-backed securities, right? Right. Exactly. They fell through a, a pretty big level of support this week, which, uh, I mean, let's talk about the economy a little bit and, like, what the things that we look at. To, they're trying to do a good job for our clients. Yeah. Um, what do you look at? What are you doing every day? <laughs> I like the bond charts a lot. They, I think they give a pretty direct reflection of what's happening in the markets and that really the day-to-day interest rate pricing that we're going to see. So that's yeah. really what I zero in on. Um, when you say the bond charts, too, just to kind of 
for the people at home that have never looked at a bond chart, which I'm going to guess encompasses about 98% of the world. Sure. Um, we all have a pretty good idea of like what the, like the stock market chart looks like, right? It's a jaggedy little line with mm-hmm. ups and downs, but as you zoom out, you see the trend line, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, looky there for four years. It went up and then, ah, there's, I remember that. And then there's the down. Sure. Right. So when you look at bond market charts, it's kind of similar. Yeah. There's a, there's a timeline that's happening. And then there's also very um, jagged chart. Very yeah, a very chart. jagged chart where mm-hmm. over time you can kind of see, okay, when you piece together 40 or 60 or 80 days worth of um, or even weeks worth of data and trend, you can begin to understand where the where the movement and motion is headed, right? Mm-hmm. So those are fun to look at. I agree. I look at them quite a bit as well. I think it's nice to give the client a nice visual of what's happening. Yeah. Because when you say, hey, this is what's going on, they almost just have to take your word for it, which is fine. But when you're talking about something that's going to cost them hundreds of dollars a month or thousands of dollars over the life of a loan, having something that they can visually see and understand is real makes it a lot more tangible. I think that that's one of the reasons that I like going over that with my clients yeah. it gives them something to actually so look tell at. me yeah. about this um you you buzzworded me the floor of support okay tell me about this floor of support that we busted through <laughs> so when you look at those historical charts right there's uh there's ups and there's downs but there's these averages okay and so they're moving averages because every day there's new information um there's a new you know trading day to calculate into these averages but what uh, what we draw is across these charts or these these daily averages, which create these floors of support. So one of the things we look at is like a 200-day moving average. So what's the average price point over the last 200 days? And looking at those averages, are we above that average or are we below that average? You like baseball, right? So if, yeah. a, guy's a, if a guy's a 300 batter and you look at his last 20 at-bats and he's batting – 100. You know, you kind of get a feeling like, wow, he's performing below where we expect, right? Is he, well, let's take another scenario. Let's say he's batting his normal average and then all of a sudden he falls off. Why did he fall off? What do we, what, what are we expecting now? Is he, is there an injury that we need to take into consideration? Is he tired? Is he, where are we in the season? What's going on with him personally? There's a lot of things that factor into what's going on, but where are we expecting this to go? Is he just slumping and he's going to average back up and start hitting, you know, where he normally would be? So there's a lot of, of guessing and, and, predicting that goes into these averages yeah and then you gotta some guys just take that opportunity to double down on the fact that he's due yeah this is a career guy that always works within this range and he's uncharacteristically low so when when we see the bond market or these mortgage-backed securities drop below these floors of support oftentimes there's this fear that we don't know where that next bottom will be and i think that's what we saw this week we i wanted to ask you about the tax reform, that seems to be a big topic of conversation. Yeah, it is. That that has really driven the stock market um, with a lot of positive positive expectations, right? Yeah. And so that that puts a lot of downward pressure on bonds as they're competing for the same investment dollars. So when there's good news in the economy, investors will invest in the stock market. 
which will money will flow out of the bond market. And now the yield needs to go up a little bit to yep. remain attractive and relevant and remind you that, hey, maybe I don't have the same great upside, but my downside is so much less. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I in terms of the whole overall, I want to tie it back real quick. I know you kind of asked a, a specific question, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. go governor on you and move a little bit and say – I want to know about as a loan officer, you touched a couple key points about um, helping your clients. Um, I want to tell you, I mean, you, I think, Jason, you've been doing loans for at least as long as I have. Sure, we've been in different capacities or whatever, but how long have you been involved in the loan business? 15 years, I guess now, something like that. Yeah, and that's about where I am too. So... But see, I was always in the op side, right? I was the operations guy and the branch manager. I've been sales manager, you know, managing the dock drawers and funders. But loan officers and account executives have always been the fun ones to watch. Those mm-hmm. are the sales guys. Mm-hmm. They got a sales pitch. Um, most of them can't even talk to you about the bond market. Mm-hmm. Don't care to. Mm-hmm. Not interested in it. It's complicated. It doesn't really affect me. Um, here's your interest rate, right? Um, and, you know, so that's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit. Why do you care? You know, and I do too. I'm, I'm baiting you for radio, but I want to know, like, why do you care? And what? how specifically is this different for a client that chooses to work with you as opposed to going to hit the rocket button, right? Sure. Because sure. you're never getting that out of the rocket button. Right. I like the relationship. I, I, I think it's also a piece of just my personality. Like I, I want the process to be as smooth as possible. And I think that's best for everybody. And I feel like some of this basic information and knowledge that we can learn literally in a 10-minute sit down, this is how it all comes together. As we move forward and we see these events happen, we can predict with high certainty that this is going to be the reaction. And then we can start making some good decisions on, you know, if we're going to float the interest rate or lock the interest rate or, or is now the time to refinance or should we wait for this next job report to come out? So if there's an understanding there, it takes away a lot of that guesswork and anxiety. And I think if we remove that guesswork and anxiety from these highly, potentially highly stressful scenarios and transactions that it's just good for everybody. You're right about that. And, you know, and I want to add on a little something to that. I know I kind of baited you and your answer is a good one. But let's talk a little bit about like somebody that's getting a new construction loan. Mm. They're they're building, they're having a house built for them. Mm-hmm. Construction's being handled by the developer, so that money's all there. Whatever they don't need a construction loan, but they're going to need a takeout loan when they ultimately close on this house in March. They're going to have a thirty-year fixed at that point. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this is happening more and more lately as. In our light volume market, sometimes the only house you're going to be able to get is that new one. So it's going to be done in March, okay? This is a pretty realistic time frame right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to lock your loan today for March? Can you? Should I? Right. <laughs> What's going to happen between now and then? What if I pick wrong? I mean, these are the things where, okay... We need, we do, we, this is a great example of needing to understand what the bond market means and what sort of news is coming down the pike. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do with said news? Mm -hmm. 
is there a some stopgap measures we could try to find a range that if the market stays in this range we could get close without risking too much can we jump ship and find something that's not sinking yeah and so one of the things that many people don't realize is that interest rate stuff uh, when you lock an interest rate the very best lock terms you're ever going to get are the shortest possible terms so a 15-day lock is generally the minimum I know in some cases there are seven-day locks, but a 15-day lock... Um, All things being equal, the shorter time period will cost you less money. Yeah, well, and because you and I, you're the borrower, I'm the banker, we're on a similar footing. I'm not asking you to, you know take some exorbitant price because there's unknowns for me. Mm-hmm. I can reasonably antip- anticipate 15 days worth of market, but... As I'm setting up my price sheet and you're like, well, what would you charge me for a 30-day lock or a 45-day lock, a 60-day lock, a 220-day lock? I would be, if you're trying to get me to go that far with you, I'm like, going, I'm going, Jason, there's a lot of days between now and March. Right. And as you well know, there's a lot of data that needs to come out. There's going to be the legislation around some of these things has opportunity to change in that period. And I don't know if that's better or worse for me. Mm -hmm. But you, the client, you're the one insisting on those lock terms today. Mm -hmm. All things equal, I would rather not lock right away unless there's an upside for me as the banker. So long-term pricing, higher fees, higher rates. And then usually if you're looking for a 200 day lock, there's usually an upfront cost in that too. Sure. Most people don't even realize that at all because when was the last time you, you've been in this business for 15 years. Have you ever had a client write you a check and hand it to you as a upfront payment, 3000 bucks for my 240 day lock? No, 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 I have one time just mind blowing. Um, one time and, you know, so one of the ways that you can keep that from happening is to help people understand that in that, that time period, Hey, let's learn a little bit about the bond market. Let's talk about what news influences these things. And let's understand the relationship between the stock market, the bond market and the mortgage rate. Mm -hmm. It's not wizardry. Like you said, you can get a pretty good understanding of that in about a 10 minute phone call or face-to-face with a couple charts and stuff is probably ideal. But now you really know what to watch, right? I get people that say that to me too, well, I'm tracking. So what what do you look at? What should I look at? So, you know, if you don't want to understand what U.S. factory orders that came out on Wednesday does to mortgage-backed security prices on Thursday, and I don't expect you do, that's kind of getting farther down the rabbit hole, Pull up the 10-year bond yield. Keep Mm -hmm. an eye on that. Mm -hmm. When it goes up a click or down a click, and then you realize, hey, it's gone up for two or three days in a row, Mm -hmm. that would tell us that overall the economy's probably had pretty good news, and as that yield goes up, I could expect my interest rates are going up with it. Mm -hmm. Likewise, a little bit of bad news, um, maybe sluggish things, stubborn inflation, other little things that make us think that maybe we're not as strong as we were. Mm Mm-hmm would cause the bond yield to tick down a little bit over two, three days. Like you said, you like those charts where you can start to zoom out and see trends. Mm-hmm. That would tell you then that you could expect your interest rate to move along with it. So that's you know that's why we talk about the 10-year bond yield so much. 
Um, there's a historical relationship to the bond yield pre Dodd Frank. Mm-hmm. It was always about plus one and a half percent would yield you the thirty year fixed, right? So if the ten year bond was two, you would expect that the thirty year fix would be about a, a three and a half. So that was that was kind of a a metric that we always used since Dodd Frank occurred. Um, the cost of compliance has gone through the roof, and we see the pressure on that margin going to about two percent. So, um, and and in fact, it's getting interesting again because now that volume is a little bit lighter, all the mortgage companies are scraping for same deals. They're cutting back into that, so now we're actually seeing it trend back a little bit. So. Today, the 10-year being at 2.4 suggests that interest rates should be, by the standard metric, about 3.9, you know, and at the worst case scenario should be about 4.4. So anywhere in that range is Mm going to tell you, okay, well, based on just what I understand about the bond market, I know what to expect. So if I'm looking for a rate for less than 3.9, I should expect to be paying points and fees. Mm -hmm. And if I go to the 4.4 side of this, I should expect some credit generally um, as I'm accepting a rate at the higher end of the spectrum. There's profit in it for you, and you're going to give me some too. So anyhow, we need to do the final commercial break of this hour, and um, then we'll hit the top of the hour. So we'll get back. I have a little bit more to talk about. Is now that we have some of that framework for what moves the bond market, mm-hmm. let's talk about what moved it this week because there was some things this week that had some um, some real splash. So let's go ahead and do this commercial break. We'll be back in a couple minutes with more Mortgage, Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason. We'll be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Linux. The most critical part of buying a home is getting pre-approved for a mortgage. Pre-approved buyers are taken more seriously, enjoy a less stressful transaction, and close faster with no last-minute surprises. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your host, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending.
All right, guys, welcome back. I love it. Actually, I'm probably the one guy can say I played Marilyn Manson on KBC. Yeah, I, I guarantee you. Bumper bed. I but, guarantee uh, but I love this version of This is Halloween. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. So we're talking about um, bond rates, interest rates, how it all relates, and and why we care. Um, I want to take I want to take this conversation a little bit further, but I want to go. I want to remind you again um, because sometimes sometimes we get accused of not um, you know making the the ask or whatever for for the business and stuff on the show. This is a good example of one of the many ways that we're different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to be into these things, <clears throat> to be tracking in this way, you, Jason, you mentioned earlier about how, um, it may be the, a really big difference in the closing costs or the really big difference in the monthly payment, which mm-hmm. over 30 years could, could have a huge impact. Um, and so before we talk about what moved the market this week, let's talk a little bit really specifically about um, if you're not paying close enough attention, if you and or your loan officer don't really pride themselves in their ability sure. to understand what's coming, what the ramifications <clears throat> are. And so um, here's one thing that I don't think very many people realize as well is that the interest rates that are published every day never really change. Mm-hmm. What? The rates are always the same. Guys, they're always the same. They're the same as they were in 1980. They're 3%, 3 and an eighth, 3 and a quarter, 3 and 3 eighths, 3 and a half, on and on and on and on and on. Our economy moves us through the range of those interest rates. So mm-hmm. sometimes we're in the range where they're four or five, six percent. Sometimes we're in the range we lucked out a couple of years ago, right? We we're in that three percent range. Well, today we're at this range where, um, you know, like I keep talking about points and stuff, right? Well, we're at that no points range where today that's about four percent, okay? Mm-hmm. So you don't have to pay any points. You're not getting any credit. The market's right about four percent. So 4% is not a new rate. What's new to it is the fact that that's where the no cost for the rate threshold exists, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So like I said, if we go a little bit below that, we should expect a charge. If we go a little bit above that, we may expect a credit. Um, Well, these rates come out in the morning and everybody publishes the rates and the mortgages, the mortgage-backed securities start trading and maybe there's a bond auction that occurs some data comes out in terms of things happening in the U.S. market and things happening, you know, in an, in a foreign market. We see how oil trades. We see what the price of gold is. We see the, you know, all of these little things move around. We hear about a consumer confidence report, and all of these little things happen real time throughout the day. Some of which we anticipate. We have an idea of what's coming many of which we don't. We're just going to learn it when everybody else does, and then the market reacts. Mm -hmm. So in the morning, 4% might be zero points. And then, hey, wouldn't you know it, X, Y, and Z economic reports came out, and they were all really good. Well, 
think back to a couple minutes ago, we said, hey, really good news usually moves money out of the bond market and you would expect rates to go up. So now it's 10 o'clock. A couple of these news pieces have come out. We get some reprices. 4% started out at no points, and now it's a quarter point cost. Mm -hmm. Okay, that triggers some kind of weird, well, Jason says, hey, that tests the floor of support that Mm -hmm. we've been eyeing for six weeks. Mm -hmm. Everybody, like all hands on deck, Mm -hmm. if you really need to lock because you have a short time frame or you were trying to walk a tight wire... Really good time to think about that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the next things that are coming in the next couple of days. This is what the market's sort of anticipating. It could go from bad to worse where 4% turns into a half a point cost. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that for a second. What's a half a percent cost on a $600,000 loan? That's $3,000. That's significant. Not a real. month, right? Right. In Not, closing costs. In closing in costs. In costs. Wait a minute. So... In a in 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 your experience, in a volatile market or a market that is testing floors of support, mm-hmm. how many days might it might you lose? Like how much points might you lose in a period of two or three days where you're testing that? Well, the half that you just mentioned is is no problem. I mean, they they that they can have a half point swing in costs. Easy, right? I mean, that's a one day. Yeah, we, I, I remember seeing days where the bond market would slip almost 100 basis points, even saw you know 100 basis points. So, so you'd see a whole percentage point in fee mm-hmm. change in a single day? That's uncommon, but a, a three-day window? It can happen. For sure. More so now we're talking a $600,000 loan. Mm-hmm. A whole point is $6,000. Guys, this is game-changing. Yeah. And so then you come in and you say, hey... I don't want to give you another six grand. I don't understand what changed. Mm -hmm. Now you're an irate customer. And so, Mm -hmm. okay, these are the things when you're a pro, like you're a pro loan officer. Mm -hmm. I want to tell my clients, we're going to sit down. I want to tell you, hey, guys, this is what the landscape is. This is what I think is going to happen. Mm -hmm. I don't have a crystal ball. Mm -hmm. I could be right. I could be wrong. But here's the thing. I wouldn't want you to gamble my money. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to gamble yours. Do you want to lock? And some people they're already into it. They know they know what we're talking about. Like those you, clients are fun. They're fun. I enjoy the clients where you get to have and those. Some of them are very very yes. risk adverse. Yes, and want to lock right away. Yeah. Well, likewise, you want to lock right away. Okay, I understand that. That yep. makes a lot of sense in a lot of markets. Okay. But what if it moves the one point the other way for us this week? Mm -hmm. And now you took 4% for no points, which was $0 due at closing for that rate. Mm -hmm. And then come Wednesday, that 4% is a one-point credit, which is a $6,000 change on your loan due at closing. Right. Oh, do you want to miss that? Right. And you missed it because you didn't understand the moving parts. You just ran and pulled the trigger on something because you were scared. Mm -hmm. So here you go. I said it two times before. I'm going to say it a third time. This is why we are pros. Mm -hmm. We are watching this every day. We understand what the floor of support is. We're paying attention to the graphs and charts. We see what's impacting it, and we have a news schedule of what we know is coming out this week. So I just – we're running out of time, but I just want to burn through a couple of these real quick. 
a big one, a measure of our nation's productivity, GDP. This tells us what, if as a business, what is the U.S. producing? Is it up or down, good or bad? Um, the increase was expected to be between 25 and 3%. GDP came out at 3%. So this is a first reading of quarter three. It's going to get tweaked and tuned up or down from here. But takeaway, very strong. Mm-hmm. Really strong news. What do you expect? Stock prices to go up. Oh, love my 401k. Right. Pull the money out of the bond market. Didn't lock my didn't lock my loan yesterday. What do I expect? Probably more costs. Yeah, not as good. Yeah, that not so that good. good news is bad news for for um, our rates. But other things we did, we had U.S. factory orders for business equipment increased way more than expected for September. I would believe that when you have an environment where also GDP is really strong, you know, making money, making goods, buying, investing. Um, it's all a big feeding cycle. Um, September durable good orders came up. Um, they were expected to be 0.7%. They came out at 2.2. Very strong. Mm-hmm. The home price indexes are good. The <clears throat> new home sales hit the highest level since 2007. Um, all of these things are setting the stage for we need to watch the market close. So that's a little bit of the the bond schooling for you guys. We got a five hour top of the hour commercial, five minute top of the hour commercial break. We're back for another hour here of Mortgage Matters. We do hope you'll stick around. New. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Everybody, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. Here for the ten o'clock hour, we got a couple guests with us. The first one was too boring. Jason and Jason can't talk about anything besides boring bond stuff. I guess we got some golf in there. Color it up, yes. And we talked about those grumpy old people. Remember them? Yeah, and baseball and all kinds of fun stuff. I guess it was a good hour. See, hmm. some credit. Dang. All right. Well, we got a couple guests here from Keller Williams that are joining us on the show. So, how about that? That's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, we're excited. Yeah, we've been excited for a while. <laughs> Ashley Boyer and Shannon Bowdy with uh, with Keller Williams down in Pismo Beach. Yes. Great realtors. Two of my favorite, actually. Aww. I've hung out with them a couple different times over some coffee and always left in a better mood, which is always great. Aw, that's nice. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Thank you. So, uh, Jason, you're really far away right now. You're Are you the, panicking a little bit? No, no. You're just in the other room. It just <laughs> feels weird to have you so far. This is. It feels weird for me too. The view's different from in here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's the view's different. There's some. Uh, I won't even tell you what's in here, but there's some things in here that are surprising. <laughs> maybe you guys want. <laughs> maybe you guys want to come take a look after the show. I think he just went in there so he could take a nap while we're doing this. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
Bless you. Yes, that'd be awesome. I'll take a nap while you guys wrap it up. Thanks. Dan, Dan and I have been doing Mortgage Matters together for, what, Jim, eight years now? At least eight. I've been here for five or six. So yeah. So it's got to be at least eight. So yeah. you guys can do the math. We do a few reruns a year, probably like three or four of them. So we've been working Saturdays for about eight years. Yeah. Uh, and you don't get any other days off in the mortgage business. So it feels like no. an awful lot of long, hard work. And Dan, uh, I'm so thrilled. Today, he's missing the show to get to be there to watch his son play soccer. That's well, a, fun. Yeah, you, you as a dad, there's it's hard to you know work the work balance life thing can get real difficult. And I don't mean to just say as a dad; I think as a parent. Mm-hmm. But as a for us as dads, it's been challenging to have to work every Saturday. So we've been trying to rope these guys into it, mm-hmm. and we finally have three good talkers uh, that work for Central Coast Lending that are uh, willing to work on a Saturday and can do a great job at it. So here, Jason has been being worked into the fold for about two years. And I don't know what, you've probably been on the show 20 or 30 times now. It's been a while, yeah, a few times. Well, this is the first time you're going to be over there, man. It's your show. You're running it. I'm just going to be over here like an emergency shoot. If there's a problem, I'll yank it. But otherwise, appreciate that. Thanks yeah, for the support. Yeah. I'm going to grab a Google page here and see what interests me on this side. And then you guys go ahead and talk. Jason, I think you should start with where are you from? Why do you do this real is, estate? He's really good at this. Yeah. Okay. Well, perfect. You know, one thing that I really love about uh, Ashley and Shannon is their start in real estate. I think, like you said, one of the first things we always ask realtors, well, what what got you into real estate? How did you find this business? And for you both, it was the family business. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. it was. Uh, I, I think that's an interesting perspective. Tell me a little bit about that and what it was like growing up in the real estate business. Uh, well, I grew up with um, a, mo- a very strong professional um full-time working mom for my whole life. And when I was about 11, she tested into the real estate uh, uh, business. And um, and so by default, every person in a realtor's family is in real estate, whether they want to be or not. Right. Ask Jack. <laughs> exactly. And um, my son's been going on caravan in a car seat, and now he's 11. <laughs> um, and so I did farming. I walked neighborhoods at night, putting pumpkins in their yards and and uh, American flags in their yards and apples for the teacher and um, had a mom who had a pager at the time and, uh, you know, all that and had had a suitcase phone when cell phones were brand new. Um, the and brick, the old brick. The brick. And so I didn't really think I wanted to be in real estate initially. So I did something completely different out of college. And I have an English literature degree, which means I write smoke and hot copy. But um, nice, <laughs> nice. But um, but then I came back to the area to raise a family with my husband, and there wasn't um, uh, there wasn't anything really in my chosen profession, so had to change it up. And the way I view my mom's business is that it was a twenty year business um, with a. Uh, it ran itself. To be honest, it's a it's a eighty five percent repeat and referral business. She worked on it really hard. It's well-established, has a fantastic foundation, and I just uh, was lucky enough to join the family business. And so um, we've just been building it since then. That's super exciting. I grew up in the landscaping business, Mm -hmm. and 
unlike you, I quickly realized that that was not the business that I wanted to be in. (laughs) 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 Digging ditches for sprinkler systems was hard work. I probably got the, you know, the not so good jobs being the high school kid, right? Like lots of shovel time. I think every kid should have those jobs though. I mean, I I waitressed back, you know, back in the day. You need to have some of those sweaty down and dirty jobs. Waiting tables. Yes. Should mm-hmm. be every yes. citizen in this country should have to wait yeah. tables for a year yeah. Yeah. to be able to to do anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you too, Jason. That landscaping. My dad was a builder, and so when I was a kid, I was the labor man. Mm-hmm. Move this pile, <laughs> dig this hole, mm-hmm. fill that hole back in, mm-hmm. move that, clean up the site. Yeah, yeah and I was like, mm-hmm. huh, mm-hmm. this is not that fun. Yeah. yeah, and sunburnt for no good reason. You want to be sunburnt <laughs> yeah. from a day at the beach, not sunburnt from digging a ditch. So Yeah, that's why that life experience is so critical and important, right? It allows you, like you said, if everyone had that waiting job or every kid had to do that hard physical labor, it it really focuses on, you know, allows you to start thinking about what you really want to do, yeah. which is which is great. And so, Shannon, how about you? Well, my parents were uh, lifelong entrepreneurs. They always had uh, something going on. Um, the main part of their business would have been their um, their real estate investment. And being a kid growing up with all these powerful, wonderfully dressed women that were my parents' real estate agents, I knew early on as a small child, all I ever wanted to be was a realtor. And so, you know, I, uh, you know, they all had great clothes. They all seemed to have it together. And I'm like, well, as a kid, that's what I want to be when I grow up as a realtor. And here I am living the dream, uh, doing exactly what I want to do. And, you know, um, my parents are always a great, uh, you know, um, uh, inspiration for me in my life and everything. And, and uh, so, you know, I became the one that helped sell their properties and, and uh, market them and everything. And it's just uh, I'm doing exactly what I want to do. And that was in Louisiana, right? Yeah. I started out in New Orleans, Louisiana. Large historic homes. Uh, wow. Probably the biggest one I sold there was uh, parents had a 17 unit apartment building there. And that uh, showing instructions on that was was fun. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so com- sold commercials, sold uh, residential, um, one point mom, mom and dad. Uh, th- throughout the years, Dad had real estate licenses th- here and there, and then uh, we became the the rock solid team <laughs> on um, in New Orleans. So uh, moved here later on in life when my uh, parents retired here. My dad was stationed at Vandenberg Air Force Base um, way before I was born. And my mother always said, there's no better place in the world to live than the central coast of California. So here we are living the dream. <laughs> you listened. That was smart. Yes. <laughs> that was really smart. Yes. That's uh, It's fun to be able to, to grow up in an industry and see sort of the, the other sides of it. Yes. I think we have this impression. I'm of- over here trying to figure out still what I'm going to be when I grow up. <laughs> By the way, so I hear you like, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I'm like... Man, I <laughs> never did. I never knew that. People were like, I'm going to be a pilot. I'm going to be a firefighter. And I was like, I just don't know. Yeah. Well. Weird. Cool. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so how, how do you think that that experience growing up in the business helps you and makes you a little bit different as a realtor? Like, how do you feel well, it, it changes the way that you deal with clients just because you understand the business at maybe a, a deeper level than just someone that decides, you know what, I want to sell something. I want right. to sell something that's the biggest, 
commission that I can make. So I'm going to get into real estate and just has that perspective of it. Well, being on the other side of it, you know, with seeing my parents go through the other end of it, being the buyers or the sellers mm-hmm. and, and, and dealing with so many different realtors and everything. I knew going into it, all the scenarios that could possibly happen. However, we discover new ones every single day. There's no two transactions <laughs> that look the same. They're like snowflakes. Not right. at all. No, I mean, they, uh, it changes all the time. So, you know, the, 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 the the good, the bad, the dirty, the ugly going into it that, you know, everybody's like, oh, I want to get a real estate license and because it's a fun job. Well, you know, there, there, there's there's highs and there's lows, but yeah. still enjoy it. Love it. Can't think of anything else I'd ever want to do. Well, I, so my mom is still my, our business partner, Kathy Foster, and yep. she... um. We, we try to get her to retire. She doesn't want to. So we let her do whatever she wants. And I think learning from her example was that it didn't matter what was happening in the transactions that where she was the listing agent or the buyer's agent. It didn't matter how the other players in it were handling themselves. If she needed to take over and do something that was someone else's job, she did it because it was all about the client experience. Right. And we strive for that as well the client tends not to know that there were about a billion little hiccups in the road right they don't need to know everything right we can fix a lot of it right and so to that end my dad is constantly saying but that's so-and-so's job what doesn't matter It, it only matters if the client is happy and and it's a successful somewhat less stressful because it's always going to be slightly stressful transaction and um and that's what we strive for to that end, my mom has also fostered quite a few clients who said, you made it look so easy. I want to get my real estate license. <laughs> right. And so that's a pitfall. <laughs> right. But um, but yeah, th- so that's that's our main goal is to have the client like a good car ride. They don't remember it. <laughs> you <know>? Right. <laughs> I don't think there's that. I don't think that's a coincidence that you treat. Well, number one, that you both are very successful and wildly su- successful in real estate. But I don't think it's a coincidence that you grew up with that background, that understanding and how you treat your clients. I think that that business model is so critical. And I think a lot of folks in my business, in the real estate business, being realtors or lenders, they miss that mark. They Mm -hmm. miss the mark of, they're just trying to get to the end of the transaction Mm -hmm. where they can get paid. Mm -hmm. And at some point in your career, you realize, you know what, that getting to the end of the transaction is great because there's some completion. We can put that folder over and, and slide it into the archive. But that's really when the relationship and the value of the relationship is just starting Mm -hmm. because we want these folks to come back and say, you know what, these people did a good job for us. They treated us like, you know, family. Mm -hmm. Um, The experience was a positive one. Mm -hmm. And just that word of mouth advertising is so critical in our business. And I feel like a lot of people miss the mark on that. That's true. And Mm -hmm. now the, the next phase of that is that they have many opportunities to tell the world the positive and the negative, um, right. which is a pitfall of practically every industry now mm-hmm. that we have all these wonderful opportunities for people to write great reviews online. I'm glad you brought that up because and, you have a lot of experience with this, right? Yes. Like the, yeah. I know with Keller Williams, we talked about this just yesterday, how they, they call themselves the technology company that sells real estate. Mm-hmm. I know your husband's in marketing and advertising. Mm-hmm. So I know that's a big piece of your business. And that kind of ties in, like you said, that that chatter and that communication that's always happening on mm-hmm. social media. Mm-hmm. How how do you guys use social media to benefit you? And tell me a story that's great about it. And then tell me a story where it's like, oh, this is 
not so good that this information is going around. Well, you tell you the great and I'll tell the Scott story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, Scott. So we're really strong on the social media aspect. I, I'm kind of the social media maven. I mean, Ashley is too, definitely, and so is Michael, and so is Scott. We're all really good at that and everything. Um, I live, breathe, and eat social media. So I'm not only my social media for our uh, myself, my group, um, or helping with my group, but also a couple other, like our uh, Rotary group. Um, I'm the social media director there, or actually the public relations public expert, relations. public the relations go-to. Director. Yes. So um, we uh, we do we step out of the box. We uh, do videos, and it's not just about real estate. We do videos about things that go on around our area and everything. Just mm-hmm. trying to to we have a large um, following on our Facebook page. And um, almost eleven thousand likes. Yes, oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Dang. So we're all over the country as far as people knowing to look at the. We're actually the Pismo Beach home team of Keller Williams. Okay. And so, but not just Pismo Beach. We go all over the county in northern Santa Barbara County. Right. So um, we uh, we put do our videos and um, and and promote things and um, we've seen some great things where um, that there's been uh, um, listings that have sat there for a long period of time and they come to us to market their listings right. and you know ones that sat there with no no offers whatsoever we've had great success this this year at least two or three or four times mm-hmm. where um before right when we put it on the market we have multiple offers right as soon as it goes on the market just mm-hmm. because of that exposure mm-hmm. um that technology and everything that we have with with our with our uh, listings and and what we marketing yeah so. and uh, we do do a newsletter blog we didn't talk about this yesterday mm-hmm. it started out it was my husband's brainchild that we um, target the uh, visitors to the chambers. Mm. So we're chamber members and we, we got lists from the chambers of people who signed up for um, specifically indicating that they were interested in, in relocating to this area. So we started out our newsletter targeting those folks, but it wasn't a real estate newsletter. It's a newsletter targeting um, an event coming up, a, a local restaurant, a um, it will, will highlight a vendor, like a, a painter or a landscaper or a contractor that we um, we love and does good work for us. Um, the downside to that is that we typically send those people into a higher level of business and we can't get them for us anymore. <laughs> <Right>. But <laughs> um, and, and then at the very, very bottom of the newsletter, we highlight a particular listing. So it was a lifestyle newsletter with a listing attached and it went out, it goes out monthly to over 30,000 email addresses. It has a huge click through rate, which uh, it's a double digit click through rate. My husband can, can tell you more about that, but it's, they open it and they actually uh, look at the things that are on it and it has a a great amount of success, which uh, I think people follow us for that regard because we can tell them what to do and where to go in this area. And then if they want to buy a house, maybe that too. So knock, knock. Yeah. It sounds great. Mm-hmm. Um, I pulled up this is on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. I'm tracking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pulled up my Facebook and I'm ready to like this page. So what's it's called? Pismo Beach Homes. Yes. P. <laughs> so if you could see us in the radio show, there's a there's the main studio where there's four of us sitting with microphones <laughs> in front of us, and then there's Jason, who's now the outcast over here in the leper room. Yeah. <laughs> so when we Green. hear the knock knock, that's 
that's him. <laughs> During Dave Congleton's show, that's the traffic room. That's oh. where Pismo Beach that's home. Craig yes. There you go. There oh, right. watch this. You guys ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Like oh, 11,000 and one. and one. Here come the streamers. I can see them now. <laughs> so you mentioned Scott. Scott Haywood okay. is your buying agent. Buyer's Another, agent, yeah. Right. Um, awesome. Tell us that story. Okay. It was a not so good story. So sometimes it's, it people, is the way that it some, is that we leave ourselves open, right? Because people can right. say positive things. They can also say negative things. Right. So and there's mm. always that one, right? Mm-hmm. That's just you like you can't you, avoid it. Can I tell you real quick? Yeah. I, I'm dying to share over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know who we get negative reviews from? Who? People that aren't even our clients, they're mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. loan, other loan officer in town's uh, husband or yeah. wife oh, yeah. writing some net. Na- no. And I'm like, really? So this Are is we a in good, fourth this is a grade? Good, this is a good cautionary tale because this individual may contact you because you're in our affiliate business. This gentleman, I'll be polite, contacted Scott on, um, on his private cell phone line because we have a Google voice number that goes to the whole team. And he proceeded to launch into what we get about four or five times a day. Um, a sales pitch about helping Scott uh, generate more traffic on his own personal social media because, of course, he's not hasn't done any of the appropriate research to find out that Scott is part of a bigger team, and so he would know that we had quite a large presence if he had gone beyond just Scott. Right. So Scott tries to break in and say, you know, I, I really appreciate. We're always quite polite with all of our. He didn't know who he was messing with is really what it comes down right. to, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's and so Scott breaks in with what we typically say, which is, you know, we appreciate this person's a salesperson too. And we're all in the same boat trying to get leads. Yep. And he breaks in and says, you know what? I, um, I appreciate that you're, you know, you've taken the time to call me. However, I'm part of a, a larger team and we have a marketing structure already. And, um, and we, we already handle our social media on a different platform and, and so on. The gentleman got proceedingly very, very upset um, and um, quite nasty, actually, um, and proceeded to threaten him, Scott, with going online and writing bad reviews about him if he didn't partake in his services. Oh, poor Scott. Scott's mm-hmm. just like, what? Well, you slow down. Mm-hmm. Just tap the brakes, please. And I've had people do uh, ha- take a similar approach, but never actually execute. Well, within five minutes of oh. hanging up on the call, a Google uh, review comes up on Scott's uh, on Scott's personal page, and um, says some fairly nasty things and gives him a one star because, of course, you can't zero star. I'm sure he would have gone zero star if he could have. Right. Um, the flip side of that is that there's no way to really tell Google that that's not someone that ever did business with you. Mm-hmm. Um, what you have to do is you comment on his review. Right. And you say to Google, this person has never done business with me. And in fact, they threatened me, et cetera, and wait to see if they catch it and do anything about it. Well, simultaneously, everyone in the universe contacted this gentleman because now we have his number and his text message. Mm-hmm. He got text messages. He got calls. And he also got a whole slew of five-star reviews out of it because everyone that knows Scott knows that he's fantastic at what he does. Yes. And That's awesome. And about... I would say less than a month later, because, um, you know, Google's huge and I know we're we're not, you know, we're number one in one billion Google users. It got taken down. Good. So. Wow. So there is a positive. It's we've ha- we've had other instances with um, friends of ours that have businesses that have negative Yelp reviews that were inappropriate. And unfortunately, there's not a lot you can do about that. Um, and so, you know, that's the good and the bad of 
having an online presence is that a lot of bad actors who have had never had any opportunity to do business with you can actually say things about you, like you mentioned. And mm-hmm. You really don't have a lot of control over it. Those people. <laughs> yeah. I'm over here just trying to have a good reputation. Right. And yeah, you're yeah. over here lying. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. And it's always those ones that it seems like the ones that take the time to go out of their way are a lot of times like the like those Google reviews. A lot of times I'll look and great businesses and there'll be two reviews and both of them will be bad. Mm-hmm. I and have learned, just, by the way, ugh. and I just want to say this for everybody out there. I am a tech savvy person. I like that stuff, too. Sometimes I think it's helpful. I love reading reviews about places. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when somebody says something negative, you got to assume that, A, there's just grumpy people out there that do this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then also that um, it may or may not be true, but you got to zoom out a little bit and look at what the broader experience has been. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always that person that just they make a li- like that lady, the guy and the lady yesterday from the golf course that were so angry about the ball. They were waiting for an opportunity to be angry at somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So the, when that's how you're living, um, I think we all need to be better at seeing that that's maybe what some of those reviews are, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, yeah, it is. A, it's a tough thing. Um, and we're all learning how to navigate it. I found um, a few years ago and I probably it's all cleaned up now. But one of the things Yelp was doing was once you got a bunch of good free Yelp reviews, they would call you up and say, hey, you're getting good reviews now. Uh, for about 500 bucks a month, we'll promote you and get you going on. And, and you know, my response was like, no, mm-hmm. I have a good local business with a long-standing good reputation of I don't need to pay for things like that. No. Appreciate it. You right. guys are doing a good job, but I'm not the guy that's going to spend money. Um, well, then they suppressed some good reviews and start promoting some bad reviews. And then they call you back and they say, if you participate in our program, we can suppress those negative reviews. Mm -hmm. And you go, oh, my. Mm -hmm. It's like total extortion. And they got written up. And (laughs) and I I think they got in trouble for it. So I hope that stuff's passed. Mm -hmm. But. Boy, yeah. that's a frustrating thing. It and is. it's it's cautionary too. Like some people we we've had some some folks that maybe were a little bit jealous of the situation with our amazing amount of likes on Facebook mm-hmm. accuse us of buying likes cuz you you can do that and the thing is, is that oh, I could have sold my like right now. You could have. <laughs> I didn't even get coffee out of I it. Know, I just no. liked it, and I didn't even know there was a value to it. They, we'll we'll do a free market analysis yeah, for you. Sure, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well played, well played. But but the problem with buying likes is a lot of times those companies selling likes are doing it through kind of a um, third party provider. A lot of times it's sort of like virtual assistants where you find that they're in another country. And if you have a savvy social media audience, they can see that the likes are coming from outside of your area. Mm -hmm. And so it's not a win. So, I mean, people who are wanting to research you, um, we're, we're, getting a new listing next week they did a lot of research on me they were telling me about me <laughs> so um so don't don't rely on that because the market's only going to get more savvy um as the millennials buy houses they are buying houses and and they're quite good at doing the research so mm. all right guys we gotta do a commercial break 
couple minutes here to thank the sponsors. These folks help make the show free to you. If they didn't sponsor us, we'd have to like charge per radio listener. And you, so anyway, listen to their message. These are companies we believe in and endorse. And we'll be back in a couple minutes with more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's a common myth that home buyers need to save a 20% down payment to buy a home. The fact is, we offer numerous zero down and low down payment loan programs. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRE number 0183960008. California DBO number 6054783. NMLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. The crypt doors creak and the tombstones quake. Happy hearts materialize. And begin to vocalize. When Ringo's crowd to socialize. Now don't close your eyes and don't try to hide. Or a silly spook may sit by your side. Shrouded in a daffy disguise. They pretend to terrorize. When we ghosts come out to socialize. All right, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back everyone. So, is this your guys' first time on the radio? It's, it is mine, definitely. Yeah. It, it's not my first time ever on radio in Portland. I worked for the Portland Business Journal, and I was the noontime... Oh, dang. Um, noontime financial... Do not ask me any big financial questions, though. It was heavily scripted. So, But, yeah, I did uh, on air, on TV, and on radio. So, I've got a oh, little bit... I had no, I would no have idea. been acting totally different had I known I was in presence of a professional. <laughs> I had no idea. It was all about being told where to sit and what to say. And, uh, and Jason, yeah. they're sandbagging us. I know. <laughs> I know. Hey, guys, if you're just tuning in, we're joined by Shannon Bowdy and Ashley Boyer. Keller William Pismo Beach Homes team. 
Jason had some idea about what we should talk about right now, but I didn't like it. So, um, <laughs> punt, we're, punting, like we're punting. Maybe maybe we'll circle back to it in a minute, though. But I, I mean, I have some questions about, um, you know, in in whenever we get exposed to new realtors. I mean, I definitely am familiar with who you gals are and your team. Um, I don't have a whole lot of experience uh, with you. And, and one of the things that I just love to hear about whenever I get to sit down with a new realtor, especially someone with the just terrific experience and, and deep resume here, uh, I want to know, what are you guys thinking about this market right now? I know real estate's local, so if you want to tell me just about Pismo Beach, I'll take it. But what is the sentiment? What is going on? Is it the right time to sell? Is it the time to buy? Am I, is it a bubble? Is this long-term sustainable? Where is your head in what's going on in this market right now? Well, I'm a strong believer that the best time to sell or buy is when the time is right for you. So there's, there's, there's ebbs and flows throughout our real estate market. There's highs, there's lows. But if it's the right time for you, it's the time to buy or sell. Okay. So that's what you need to do. So what are your thoughts, Ashley? And then in the larger picture, if we're talking about economic forecast, I mean, right now, so this is about the fourth fall season in a row that I can say we've had a, a fairly significant listing contraction in the entire slow county northern santa barbara county market um so our our team so is, you're saying listing volume is down, down. for mm-hmm. years in a row at this time of Correct. year yeah okay. and i think it's it's it might be tied to a common myth that people think that once fall sets in in any part of the country mm-hmm. you're gonna have it's gonna be the wrong time to try to market a home because you're heading into the holidays However, in California, particularly here, and we can see that by this week's weather pattern, this is the best weather we have all year long. Our weather mm-hmm. has gone from being an all summer to a late summer format. And so August, September, October, we have a huge volume of visitors. They're coming in after kids go back in school, the over 45, over 50 set, maybe no kids. They come here to take advantage of the fantastic weather to vacation and they know that the families are going to be back in school, so they have it more to themselves. And um, we have lots of activities that go on. Last weekend, we just had Clam Festival in uh, in Pismo. This coming weekend, we have Harvest to Coast. So you've got all those visitors coming out for activities. And then they stay a day or two extra, and they look at houses. Um, and so I think this is uh, fall is still a good time to, to list a home. And it's been a seller's market since the market turned it um a seller's market is depicted by um if all the sales if all of the listings you have currently on the market could sell within six months six months or less that's a seller's market if it's too much uh too many listings to sell within six months that's a buyer's market and we've been in a seller's market for i would say not not having that data in front of me but at least through three or four years and um, it doesn't look like it's changing we only had as of last week we only had about 60 units in san luis obispo um, to sell to buyers and we know that there are more than 60 buyers out there looking for homes so right now the buyers are more serious than you know when it's buyers markets a lot of look looky glues but we have serious buyers out there that are looking to buy Mm -hmm. and so um we've we we closed our last quarter last year was super strong Mm -hmm. so people think that oh this is not the right time it's definitely the right time yeah it's a great time to sell or a great time to buy yeah um i always like this time of year too 
in terms of the loan business, it's nice because um, usually it is a little bit lower volume. Mm-hmm. I was given kind of a motivational speech to one of our um, top loan agents this week, and I was telling her, you know, this is the time of year to um, really be out there and be working. There's great deals to be had if you're working. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's not kid ourselves. Uh, for a lot of real estate agents and loan officers and, um, you know, people that have ability to kind of set their own workload, come like the week of Thanksgiving and then probably until after the first of the year, mm-hmm. you're lucky if they're pulling 10 hours a week. Mm-hmm. So they're right. not they're not in, they're not around, they're not mm-hmm. answering the phone, they're not doing their marketing, they're not doing all their things, they're no. thinking it's hibernation time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a great time, I think, for people like us that power through those seasons, because mm-hmm. this is what I do day in and day out. Mm-hmm. I live it, right? Right. I would talk, if we were on a camping trip in Yosemite night, I would get to <laughs> talking to you about... You know, things about real estate and mortgage because yeah. it's in my blood. I love it. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're frequently accused of always talking shop. Yeah, <laughs> right? All the time, yes. yes. And so, well, the neat thing is, though, it's about housing, which mm. affects everybody, right? Yes. It's not like you're talking to us about hair plugs and right. there's like, well, I'm like, I don't care. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, so it's this really cool opportunity because it also, mm-hmm. if I'm working through that season and you're working through that season, mm-hmm. some of the best uh, partnerships are for in those periods where you really get to see who who puts their work boots on every day. Exactly. So it makes it a good time to work. Um, I also, like you, I agree, it's also a nice time to buy and sell. I think the market is a little bit slower because some people, well, I don't want to sell right now because then I'm going to get muddy shoes coming through my kitchen the day Mm -hmm. before Thanksgiving. Right. Okay, got it. Mm -hmm. But if you're willing to sort of sell in this market um, or be a buyer in this market, you could take advantage, I think, of maybe a little bit slower pace where mm-hmm. you might get a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. You might get to see, you know, a couple different options and it's just not quite as cutthroat as buying something after the last day of school when right. everyone's like, we need to move before school starts again. Exactly. Yes. So I think it's a nice season, but I was going to say in the mortgage business, it's a good one because here we are fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And fourth quarter is where people are trying to hit quotas. Mm-hmm. We see the markets often trying to catch up or, you know, depending on what's happening in the bond market, sometimes we get really good rates. Mm-hmm. But also when the investors we sell loans to, they get light volume. Mm-hmm. So then they're like, well, we still have the same payroll in December that we have in July. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're trying to keep business incoming. They usually do that by dangling a carrot of sweet deals in terms of low interest rate, low close costs. And so a company like ours, we do loans with 50 different banks. So mm-hmm. when they're all out there competing for that light volume business in the month of December, mm-hmm. I'm loving selling great loans to them and getting my clients great deals. So it makes yeah. a really nice confluence of everything to be in that environment. Um, I'm looking forward to this time of year. Well, and just to tag on to, I was overhearing you talk about Uh, something in the previous hour about not promoting yourself on the show enough. But um, one thing I can speak to is we promote working with the type of brokerage that you guys have. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't hear you say that again. We, we, (laughs) (laughs) and I'll I'll give you the reason why. Um, I hate to say this, but when we see an institutional pre-approval letter come across our, our desks with an offer, we kind of know it, is going to be about 50% more of a struggle mm-hmm. yeah. than 
then when we have you guys who are shopping the right product across Mm -hmm. a broad spectrum that fits that client and it's going to be such a smooth process. Um, So when still my heart, (laughs) yes, let's just have Uh, a moment. You know, I'll tell you guys this. um, I, I'm a big talker, right? And I, I'm basically a sales guy for a living now. I can wince a little bit to say that because I don't, I don't really consider myself. I disagree. Much. I disagree with that completely. But go ahead. I, That's fine. It's uh, part of your personality. But you the, and I it's should, the information. You and I should have lunch or something because I will. I fought being called a salesperson. Yeah, right. Because right. yeah. I'm like a facilitator. Right. I consider myself the expert in what you need, mm-hmm. and my goal is really to to whether you want to learn a lot or a little. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to know where on the spectrum you want to fall. Support you in all those ways, and then ultimately. Like when you push your kid on the bike for the first time with no training wheels, I just want you to look, she's doing it, making decisions. (laughs) She understands. She Mm -hmm. picked a rate and a program and Mm -hmm. found a house and like, look at our team. Like we're doing it, you know, trusted advisor. Yeah. Yeah, I like to call myself trusted advisor, consultant. Um, I'm, you know, I, we are, you know, similar to any advisor you would go to if you needed a legal matter handled it, you know, you need a financial advisor. Um, you know, financial advisors are salesperson people too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for Ashley, some reason, they get advisor and we get realtor salesperson. Yeah. I know you. Yeah. I know you already. I'm staring at the back of your head. I know you <laughs> because this is me. Yeah. In my life. I'm the guy that gets called like when your Jeep overheated, mm-hmm. your door is rubbing when it's closing, yes. you don't understand what happened with your 401k commission. <laughs> I get these calls from everybody like, you're the guy I know that solves problems. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So, exactly. yeah, funny. That's- what I was going to say about that, though, is that oftentimes when I'm helping first time homebuyers get schooled up and they're like, okay, I came to you because I went to Quicken. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Push the rocket button. (laughs) And now um, my agent is encouraging me to get a second opinion. So here I am. Yeah. Because your agent got a call from the cooking guy (laughs) and he's in Albuquerque. Yeah. And we now know that we will not be having a good outcome. (laughs) Right. Yes. I do want to throw in, Jason. I want to, I'd like to, I'd like to mention the sigh. That right. came over <laughs> totally. when you mentioned the word quick and Can we make a commercial out of that? Yeah. Yeah. So oh, here's one of the things I tell my first time home buyers though, mm-hmm. is hey, look, that you you experienced the first little bit of pushback where mm-hmm. working with that that big out of area company that's kind of faceless, mm-hmm. you were never gonna run into our quick and LO at the kids' soccer game. No. Right. No. So we and lack so this accountability. No accountability. We, exactly. Right. Exactly. And yeah. so when when you now get into a competitive environment where where you're writing an offer for a home because mm-hmm. you can use Quicken if you like. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to like, you know, tense up a little bit and worry for you, worry for us all. However, at the inverse side of that or converse side of it, I guess it is, when you get a prequal letter that's from Central Coast Lending, mm-hmm. and this is what I tell them, most of the listing agents here in town know us now. We've yeah. been around long enough. We've done enough deals. Um, they know who we are. They've at least had an experience with us, and most of them are pretty positive. Mm-hmm. So when they get it, they go, oh, Central Coast Lending, yeah. a good local company with a good reputation. Exactly. Yeah. And yes. that offer is going to look a little different than it looks with a quick and Better on top right. of it. Right. And when you're competing with four other offers, mm-hmm. um, and 
They you know, might all be the same, right? right. They might Everybody all be the same. offered 500000 in 30 right. days right. with 20% down on a conventional. It's all the same except for... Who's yes. going to be doing it. And, and I will say the other thing that Jason does, uh, and you probably do this as well, uh, is after I receive that letter and that offer, I get a call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm working with this buyer and this agent, and they submitted an offer today, and I know they're in competition, but let me tell you a little bit about them. And, and it's like, wow, okay, so I have the, the buyer's agent that you know is talking to me, and I have their lender who's talking to me, and all the rest of the pile, well, first of all, no one from Cookin is going to talk to me, and um, and I, the rest of the pile- Can we pick on Cash Call next, by the way? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Only if we get to pick on Zillow, too. I just signed up for the new Zillow thing. Oh, no. Uh, oh, it, it's the- uh, yeah. it's the evil that you need to keep close because uh, they're not going to go away. Uh, when you present an offer and this competing offer with other other uh, other seller buyers as right. well, um, you're trying to sell the uh, buyers to your to the listing agent, let them know how solid they are and everything. But I, I'm, I always find myself selling the lender as well. Sure. So mm-hmm. you want to say, oh, you know, they're right on it. You know, I've, I've done never business had, with them. I've never had a problem with yeah. them. So you're selling all aspects of this offer, <laughs> not just the black and white paper. Well, because we all know, and if you if you're the seller, you've mm-hmm. at least been through it once, right? Yeah. Because you bought, mm-hmm. but you really know that real estate can get messy quick mm-hmm. and the team that is around you and their ability to communicate and work cohesively to to get across the finish line mm-hmm. with the mess as it's going on i always think i like to tell people um your real estate transaction right here picture that bowl of spaghetti noodles like it's in the five quart pan and it's mm-hmm. all the noodles mm-hmm. and you need to reach in here right now and get them all in yes. one swoop yes. grab them all yes. um what's your approach what are you gonna do you gonna i mean you're gonna right. roll up the sleeves and you gotta get them all yeah. it's hard yeah. to get them all yeah and so what you need is you need a team around you that when those loose ends are hanging out and there's mm-hmm. that clump left in the pan and mm-hmm. it's like the things are not what we thought they were we mm-hmm. thought we had it and half of them slip out the mm-hmm. middle yeah. you mm-hmm. gotta have a whole team around you because real estate can get messy pretty fast yeah. right yeah it can yes, yes things sure. pop up like we were talking yeah. jason got a private road deal going on and um <laughs> you know and so we're we're talking about it all week because it's a big transaction this is the one too where you have a personal relationship with the buyers don't you so it's always that way isn't it oh friends or family friends and family do it for free or charge them double that's the (laughs) if you do it for free then at least you can say hey Uh i'm over here just i mean i'm basically a charity for you right or you got to charge them double like hey i'm taking a lot of grief from you because Uh you think i'm an easy target right Mm -hmm. yeah um hey we need to do the final commercial break of the show right jim we should do that, yes. All right, let's do it. And then when we get back, we're guys, we're only going to have like 10 more minutes of talking. Can you believe it? All right, we'll be back uh, just in a few minutes here with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. 
Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. Too often, potential home buyers disqualify themselves believing they need perfect credit. The fact is, we can finance home buyers with low credit scores, collections, bankruptcy, foreclosure, or short sale. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328358. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people. Agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your host, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. <laughs> the only prescription is more cowbell. I, I love need it. more cowbell. I love this tune. Uh, Blue Oyster Colts. Cut, cut, cut. Don't fear the reaper. <laughs> I saw Blue Oyster Colt at uh, the Mid State Fair on the free stage. Did you really? Nice. They were good, I bet. That's nice. Was that the, yeah. was that the name night that Garth was there? Oh, or it wasn't was this kind year. Of no, oh, was it a few years? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Oh. Well, anyway. All right. I love it. Cool pick. Yeah. Uh, we're nearing the end of the show here. I was over here in the other, I was in the ostracized room over here. <laughs> and um, you guys were, you guys were like strategizing game plan for what, what how <laughs> to wrap gonna, this, how to wrap yes. this thing up. <laughs> yeah. We were just talking, I, what we thought was important is just to tie everything together. We've got some background, mm-hmm. um, which I think gives us an understanding of sort of, the mindset and how you treat your clients, which is is very important. Let's talk about coming to you and I want to sell my house. What's the process that I'm going to go through? How do you think it's different with you compared to maybe just your standard realtor? 
And what what value does that add? For, in two for minutes, go. In yeah, two, two minutes, minutes. go. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't we don't believe in just putting a sign in the yard. You have more than two minutes, okay. just so you know. It's like, <laughs> okay. okay, that was a joke. Okay. Because yeah. the Nolans girl is going to start going into <laughs> overdrive. Right. Yeah. She was like, all right, here we go. Okay, <laughs> try and talk slow. Okay, so here we go. It's more than just putting a sign in the yard. It is a whole process. It's mm-hmm. getting the house ready and show ready. Um, it. We are not just realtors, or we're not just salesperson salespeople. Um, we are designers. Uh, we we help uh, get the you know make sure the yard's perfect. We make sure that the house is perfect. Um, we uh, we write ad copy. Ashley's amazing in um, doing the ad copy as far nice. as making it where it's going to pop, and you're going to read those first couple lines on on all the other media that's out there and everything. And, um, you know, professional photos, um, we get it done. So it's, it's like, it looks fresh. It has a pop to it. It's, uh, it's ready to go. So, uh, um, uh, Ashley, you want to Well, and then, and I talked with Jason yesterday about we, we're dealing with the HGTV effect where Mm -hmm. it's, it's brought the playing field to a whole new level because everybody, everybody watches HGTV. Men, women, it's it goes across the board. Mm-hmm. They know what a house can look like right. and mm-hmm. should look look like. A lot of times we walk in and they already know they should take down their personal photos and different things. Sometimes they have cleansed the house a little too heavily mm-hmm. and lost some of its character. But we we're staging specialists. Um, we we have a few of our own staging tricks. If we need to go to the next level, we bring in one of our trusted stagers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have we when we talk team yes we've got shannon and ashley and scott and kathy and our admin but we also have a core group that we have established through trial and error and they work on our own personal residences so we know how they work and they're painters they're landscapers um designers um construction and all manner of handymen from small jobs to we need to you know, change out an entire bathroom countertop or, you know, whatever needs to be done. But what we want to do is position that property optimally for sales so that it is a quick but also successful process. And um, and I think sometimes, you know, uh, you get some of our peers that maybe try to cut a corner or two Mm because it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, or time consuming. They want to get out there quicker. Cell phone sh- and, photos. Yeah, cell phone photos. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I love those. No point. I look, I look at the new listing report uh, every single day. Yeah. I love up. to see what comes out. Yeah. And well, it's like this agent's like taking a shaky cell phone photo uh-huh. with an awful cell phone. So I'm like, is that a flip phone? Yeah. Or, because or my you can iPhone see them in the picture, photos. you know, because yeah. they're, they're taking a picture of themselves in the mirror of the right. bathroom, yeah, you know? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And you're like, that's an awful picture and blouse. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and the toilet seat's up. Yeah. This is great. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. And and you, you know, so I'll have these I'll have these people in distress call me and go, I don't get it. You know, my house is the cheapest thing on the market in its range and it looks great and it's moving ready and it's been sitting here for three months and no one's written an offer. And I I have come to be pretty proficient. We have in tiny twists of the dial. You know, it's not that it was it wasn't on a one to 10 scale. You know, it wasn't under five on the marketing scale, but it might have been a six and it needed to be an eight. Mm-hmm. And we do t- tiny tweaks to help it along. So, yes, perfect. Yeah. We see that a lot in our industry, too. I think it's always good to, I mean, it's great to have a relationship with someone, but if you're not happy, 
talk to somebody else. At least we can compare and contrast and right. feel like you're making a decision. With mm-hmm. your half a million dollar investment. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and, right? and, and Not I'm, a bad idea. Plus. And I, unfortunately, I'm, a lot of agents go straight to the, oh, well, you're overpriced. Well, right. mm, in two instances this year, no, they weren't mm-hmm. overpriced. They were just undermarketed. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. We're running down here to the end of the show, and so now it's time to um, excuse me, Jason and guests. I, <laughs> this is the part Jason's going to do next time. Is um, here at the end of the show. I want to remind you guys that if you're looking for outstanding service, and um, you heard today what a lot of these attributes and characteristics, what the work ethic is that makes a great real estate agent, um, Shannon Bowdy and Ashley Boyer are with Keller Williams, the Pismo Beach home team. And um, pismohomes.com is the website. And uh, if you want to get in touch with them, you can go to the website, look for Shannon or Ashley. Otherwise, Facebook is another good place to find them. Um, if you're in the car right now, don't do anything unsafe. You can call myself or Jason. We'd easily be able to put you in touch with these gals. You can call us at 543-LOAN. So this week, if you need loan help, you want to get pre-approved, you have a refi that you've been contemplating, Give us a call at 543-LOAN. One number rings all of our offices or find us on the web at centralcoastlending.com. I want to thank you ladies very much for coming in today. Thank and if you, you don't you. mind, um, are you guys willing to share your cell phones with anybody that's like waiting now to Most hear from definitely. you? Yes. Go yes, fast. Yes. Give them. 805-458-5870 Shannon. And 805-709-0711 is Ashley. Thank you very much for taking time out of a busy Saturday to sit with us. Jason, thanks for giving Dan a day off to go to his kid's soccer game. Everybody be well. We'll be back next week with more Mortgage Matters. Thank you very much. Thank you.